okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. How uncomfortable is life? Okay. <sighs> Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Suspiria. Suspiria. I am Carol. And I'm Stephanie. Do you think people can make, like, the difference between our voices? Because I know that happens in some podcasts. Oh, hell yeah. My, yeah. <laughs> there's no mistake. I mean, it's pretty different. For anything. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was there's wondering. There's no mistaking my voice yeah. for anyone. <laughs> no. Dude. Guys, uh, as we are all aware by now, life sucks tremendously and just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And yeah, when you go, oh, I can't get worse than this, it just does get worse than this. And yeah. We shouldn't, I mean, I was about to say we shouldn't spend that much time talking about politics, but we literally but chose whole a politics. episode. Yeah, the, yeah. Whole, <laughs> the whole episode. The episode is about politics for this reason. Yeah, exactly. Just so we get to talk about politics. But yeah, yesterday was the Brazilian um, election. Presidential and, election. Yeah, the presidential. Not just presidential, though. They elected, like, mayors and governors. Like, every, I don't know if Well, mayors, that's how it but, is here, but they don't call they don't call it, like, the mayor, government, whatever. Yeah. It's, like, the presidential. It's, like, the whole election. The one that matters. The, the, yeah, the yeah. all-around government election. And, yeah, we, we got some fun results. Ugh. Yep. Uh, so basically, what happened is uh, the elections. Um, okay, I just had a brain fart. Once. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> the elections um, went into like a runoff. I'm quoting John Oliver because that's how he described it. <laughs> so basically, on October 28th, I think people have to go in and vote again mm-hmm. to decide kind who's of the president. Is. Yeah, that's always all. Mm-hmm. It always is in Brazil. Uh, in Brazil, it's not like electoral college is by popular vote. So yeah, so mm-hmm. now um, the two candidates that are going to be um, running against each other are uh, Jair Bolsonaro, and what's the other guy's name? Haddad, Fernando Haddad. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. um, so Jair Bolsonaro is like the right wing. And the other one is left wing. So yeah, he's not even like right wing. It's like a right wing off the charts. So right that it's just not like it's it's not pretty, guys. It's it's bad. It's a bad bad candidate that people are voting for because and, um, it's how the world works. So yeah, and in Brazil, it's not like here. Uh, well, here we have the two big parties, and then we have like. Mm-hmm. Smaller parties that don't really make a difference. But in Brazil, there's like 50 million different parties. Um, so it's not like Republicans versus Democrats. Yeah, that's it's why not we always have like that. two elections that we're going to have to vote. Yeah, yeah. there's always like a, a runoff because there's so many different parties and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I uh, suggested to Carol that we do a politically inclined episode. Yeah. Um, because well. of the elections and mm-hmm. just coincidentally Kavanaugh was also nominated here so it's like a shit show 
everywhere, yeah. not just in Brazil. Yeah, all this just means so, that if that, that guy is going to get elected, that's what sucks about it, he's going to get elected, and that just means that there's no nowhere for me and Steph to run to when this becomes Gilead from the Hannah Show. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it means, and it sucks. Guys, I've, Steph, I think we talked about it um, on the first or second episode. Steph didn't vote, but I did. Because it's my civic duty as a Brazilian citizen, <laughs> and yeah, guys, and yeah, voting in Brazil ugly. is not—it's not like optional. You have to vote legally, yeah. but I am just getting away with it by um, later on. I'm gonna sign something that says, "Hey, I didn't mm-hmm. vote because and pay a fine. pretend I have a reason yeah. not to vote." The reason why I didn't vote, guys, not because I'm a bad citizen. Well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but it's because uh, out of all the um, candidates, mind you, I haven't been to Brazil mm-hmm. since I was 14. I don't know exactly how the political system works there. Out of all the candidates, I only knew a little about uh, Bolsonaro, who is like the right wing one. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about any other candidates. And unlike a lot of Brazilians that are living here, I'm not just going to vote for someone because everybody's voting for mm-hmm. that person. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather just not vote yeah. than just do something because everybody else is doing it. Yeah. So. What happens with um, that guy? Because it's that he is a bad candidate, but he's a really strong candidate like Trump was here. And like people elected Trump just so Hillary wouldn't be in office. And, you know, you, re- you vote Republican, you don't really care who the Republican candidate is, just to guarantee that the, the Democrat doesn't go there, because that's how well, your values or identity is, whatever. And uh, that's kind of what's happening. Like, people, they don't really care uh, who that guy is, and the horrible things um, he says, and whatever, because um, they just want the Workers' Party, which is... <laughs> It isn't like the Democrats, but if you think about it in those terms, it's easier to understand, you know? So if there's um, there's this one article I read, um, I'm going to post it on like, the show notes. I think they explain it really well, but it's long, so if you don't want to read it, there's the, um, we mentioned it, the, what's his name? John Oliver video about the elections, too. You guys can mm-hmm. look it up. It's pretty cool. They had, like, explains uh, a little bit of what the situation is right now uh, a little bit of like translations of what that guy has actually said and the whole crisis it's a huge thing that we can't even like start to explain on this podcast but um yeah but if you want to uh listen to like some political that political episodes that we have here that you can we kind of get into it a little bit, but if you want to know a little more, and we, we recommend that you listen to those um, two episodes before you listen to this one, uh, episode five about Marielle Franco and Patricia Scioli. Was it in that one? And I think it was the third episode we did about the Navis brothers. That's a little more about yeah, the dictatorship. Yeah, about the... Yeah. yeah. So we're not going to really get into, like, in depth. I mean, we will, but not, like, as deep as we went, like, historically... You know the context because we already talked about that on yeah. that episode. So yeah, and also I need to apologize. Like if my microphone peaks and if I, it makes weird sounds, I'm trying not to like scream too much, even though I am like very <laughs> angry. 
like yeah, yeah. if it sounds a little off it's because i'm having a little bit of mic trouble but i don't know if, when i'm gonna be able to fix that so yeah i'm just trying to speak a little more monotone so if you listen to this podcast to fall asleep this is a non-screaming episode you guys are very welcome who'd have thought right maybe that's what we need yeah. on politics less screaming Yes, exactly. And I actually, um, I never thought I would argue over Brazilian politics with anyone, um, but I have, (laughs) um, even though it's something that I'm not like, I don't honestly, this is going to make me sound like an asshole, but I don't think Brazilian politics affect me because I don't live in Mm -hmm. Brazil. I'm just like sick of seeing people be hypocrites. People Brazilian people living in the US be hypocrites. Like yeah. especially people that I know for a fact are or were <laughs> undocumented for you to I don't care what this person is proposing, mm-hmm. whoever it is, but for you to support a candidate that is anti immigration when you yourself are it you're an immigrant to mm-hmm. this to this country like i don't care if you're a u.s citizen you're always to white people yeah, always you are always going to be the outsider yeah. so even though i myself like some of his i'm talking about the right wing mm-hmm. candidate some of his ideas i would agree with yeah. if brazilian society was evolved to the point where they could apply that mm-hmm. i would never support someone because of one good idea exactly like, Exactly. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but so, the economy... And I'm like, I'm sh- damn hoping that the economy is going to get pristine, amazing, that all of a sudden we're going to be the best economy in the world. I sure hope so when all my gay friends are going to be lynched. Because, guys, we need to remember, we cannot... This guy... Dude, you, you guys need to, like, look things that, like, this guy has actually said, like, in public... And people are like, yeah, completely okay with it. Like, beat the gay out of your child is, like, the least worst thing he's ever said. And people are okay with it. Like, Brazil is a country that lynches people. They lynch people. And that guy Mm -hmm. wants to give guns to people. Yeah, and that is, guys, (sighs) I just want to say for me, personally, Stephanie. Stephanie, I almost said my full name here. (laughs) Fuck. Cut this. Okay. Me, Stephanie from Suspiria. I don't listen to this. Listen, Linda. <laughs> I don't support any of the other candidates. I don't yeah. support any candidates at all. I don't support Lula. I don't support any parties. But I also don't support hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So yeah. just because I said that people should not be hypocrites and vote for this guy, it doesn't mean mm-hmm. I support anybody else. Because that's the argument always. Oh, well, you don't like him, you must love Lula. No, no. fuck Lula. Yeah, exactly. I don't like him either. Exactly. So. I mean, right now we just we have two options, that guy or the Workers' Party. But before, since until yesterday, we had like 17 other options. So that is not, like, this is a debate that people are having. And it's like, yeah, you're not going to vote for him? Lula's in jail. And I'm like, well, fucking no shit, I'm not going to vote for Lula either. Like, what's your problem? But I just want to mention one thing about the gold guns that I mentioned that it's not that I'm necessarily against guns. It's just that it works in the I'm United not. States. It does it, yeah, it not Well work it in somewhat works here because even here we need gun control. Yeah, Can no, you we imagine in Brazil where control. people don't yeah. even know But I think that yeah, one like, thing is like to have a purse pistol, another thing to have an A K forty seven. You know it's two different things. So yeah, yeah I have guns. So <laughs> so like, you know, 
I don't know, but in Brazil, fucking no way. No, it doesn't work in Brazil. Yeah. People in Brazil will literally stab you over ten dollars. Yeah, uh, it's scary. Literally, no, it's scary. So I'm all for people being able to own guns responsibly. Yeah, but not yeah, Bra- but Brazilian society is not at that level. Brazil, Brazilian society is not responsible. You know. AKA, that's why we're voting that guy in office, because we're not responsible people. It's not just because he's a crazy politician, you know? Like, you can't come out and say that uh, everything that he said is just his personal opinion. He wouldn't really do policy on, you know, maybe, I don't know, death penalty for gay people. That wouldn't happen. Okay, I get it. But if one, just one of his um, supporters takes it all seriously that guy has actually um said that we need to um kill the people from the left wing side of politics if only one person takes that statement seriously can you remember can you like think of the size of that kind of tragedy if there was just one mass shooting uh like motivated from that kind of um, speech. And when ele- the elections happened here in the U.S., we saw a spike of hate crime. And the the whole climate is, like, a little more unstable and scary for all of us. So it's like, I don't want that in Brazil either, you know? So, let's do this. Yeah. Steph, do you see that there's people calling for um, ethnic cleanse in Brazil? I did not yeah, there's see people that, calling but that is scary as fuck. It's scary because for once, like, there's gonna be like 50. What are you gonna cleanse? You're all mixed. I know, right? Like, it doesn't make any sense. I was just like, Like, it doesn't make any sense. That's the thing. Brazilian (laughs) people have European last names and they automatically think you're Caucasian. Uh You are not. You are not Caucasian. You might be white passing, but you are not white. (gasps) Yeah, I mean, you are not white. It's, it's hilarious. No, I mean, I'm sure there's some people, like, some... Uh, not saying that there's no white people in Brazil, but, like, ethnic cleanse society? Like, what What do you... That's what? stupid. I know, right? Uh, so, guys, go watch um, that John Oliver video. Anyway. We, we did an article. You guys, yeah. You can, like, form your own opinions, but it's... Dude, I'm telling you, it's bad. It's bad. So... I just can't wait for the elections to be over yeah. so that some people that I know, aka Brazilian people from Massachusetts, can just go back to working with their little fake-ass social security numbers, <laughs> can go back to, like, not reporting the right amount of money so that they don't lose yeah. out on um, government benefits. They can go back to having five kids thinking that that's going to guarantee them U.S. citizenship. Mm-hmm. So damn right no. anyway so today's case today's case Let's oh my get God. on with yes this. we need to we need to get on with it uh before we do though i kind of i was doing it on the end but i think i need to do it on the beginning uh so people that you know don't listen to the end can listen to our wonderful wonderful shout outs we're still doing that guys if you um follow us on social media like our pictures or you know follow, follow us on twitter wink wink uh, and we can kind of see that you're a real person. We will shout you out. So unless you tell us on message, they won't don't wanna, you know, to read your name. But it's fine. So uh, we have Danny, Tia, Higinio, Mia, Anna, and Erin. Thank you guys so much for you know 
um, following us and like liking our stuff and yes, looking guys. at our things. We Thank like your attention. You. Yes. Yeah. Slowly but surely, we are building an audience, and I'm yeah. very happy that this is happening gradually. Me too. Rather than all at once. Me too. Because that would be scary. I do want to like go viral and have a sh- uh, shout out that lasts like five minutes on that one episode. <laughs> My dream, guys. Let's let's hit that, please. Yes. Make it happen. <laughs> Make it happen. Yeah. So. So. T- today's episode mm-hmm. what are we talking about step oh yes oh it's yeah, it is you. Sorry. <laughs> so today today's episode as we've already hinted mm-hmm. by our 20 minute rant about the election wow. it relates to the election because it was uh the murder of a politician mm-hmm. and this happened back in 1971 when brazil was still um under military di- dictatorship and today's um not today's uh this year's presidential election relates to this because um the right wing candidate was a military captain and he's totally 100% in favor of the military dictatorship mm-hmm. now i know that there's people that lived back then that uh liked it quote unquote um they didn't really see a problem with that uh, but there's always two sides to the story, you know, so the same way for their political beliefs. Yeah, why would that ever be a problem? I, I really don't get <laughs> it. There's always two sides of the story. There's people that thought that back then the country was more organized, there was no crime, and now there's people <laughs> that thought that it was crazy because there was no crime because <laughs> people were just disappearing yeah. and getting murdered. So to each their own. But that's how the this crime relates mm. to the elections. So, um, keep in mind, uh, that a lot of the documents and reports from this time have been purposefully destroyed because, you know, (laughs) destroying evidence so no one gets prosecuted. Uh, so there's still missing information, not only about this case, but many others that took place while Brazil was under military rule, as we already mentioned, um, in the Navis Brothers Mm -hmm. episode. So, yes. So today's, um case is the murder of Hubens Paiva. He was a civil engineer and politician who allegedly went missing during the military dictatorship period in Brazil. Why allegedly? 40 years after. Because you will see, Carol. Don't put the horses in front of the carriage. (sighs) (laughs) So, 40 years after his disappearance, he was confirmed dead. This only happened because former military officers admitted to torturing and killing him during their depositions to the Truth Commission in 2014. Mm. The exact date of his death was never confirmed, but he is believed to have died between January 20th and January 22nd, 1971. Mm. Do you want me to read this or do you want to read it? I can read it. How do you um, pronounce his last name? Beirot. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> Rubens Paiva Beirot. Pa- no. Rubens Paiva Beirot. Rubens Paiva. Jesus Christ. Rubens <laughs> Beirot Paiva was okay. born in Santos on December 26, 1929. 
Merry Christmas, was the son of a former mayor of the town of El Dorado in Sao Paulo, uh, Jaime Almeida de Paiva. His father was also a forwarding agent at the Santos Port, a lawyer and a farmer at the Ribeira Valley. His uh, mom was Aracy Beirot, Rubens got a civil engineering diploma from the Mackenzie University. My mom went to went to uh, Mackenzie. Oh. Yeah. And in um, 1957, no, 1954, Jesus Christ, where he was a militant of the student movement during the campaign of the oil. This oil is ours. The phrase became famous after it was said by Getúlio Vargas, the president, right? After oil was discovered in Bahia. The oil campaign adopted the, pre- the phrase as its motto and its promotion would lead to the creation of Petrobras, which is the biggest oil company to date in Brazil. I don't know enough about this to make you sound <laughs> to make me sound smart, but you know, watch the whole mechanism show on Netflix and there's a shit ton of things about Petrobras. Yeah. Scandals, scandals. Scandals, corruption. Mm-hmm. I said scandal three times because it peaked the two first ones. <laughs> scandals, <laughs> corruption, you know, the whole thing. Mechanism. 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 A lot of things. That show is good. I haven't watched it. I heard it's biased, but I, I expect I it to it. be biased, honestly. I don't think anything is not biased at this point in time. To be honest. But it was real. I literally binge watched it in like one day. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I'm already done. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Brazil on Netflix? Why you what? Yeah, I was like, oh my god, something in Portuguese. Let me watch it. Yeah. And then Netflix was like, "Do you want to turn on English captions?" No, bitch. I'm bilingual. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he married Mar- Maria Lucrecia Eunice Fachola and had five kids with her. One of it, which was a renowned author in Brazil. He was also a student government president and vice president of the Student Union of Sao Paulo. His political career started flourishing when he was elected as a congressman in Sao Paulo in 1962 under the um, Brazilian Workers' Party, not to be confused with today's Workers' Party, the PT, which that one was created um, by Getúlio Vargas. He took office as a member of the Parliamentary Inquiry Commission, which uh, at the time was investigating an institution which at the time sponsored speakers and writers to who wrote about the Red Scare in Brazil. Yeah, remember that um, 1962, that's only two years before uh, February 1st, 1964, where the military advanced his troops and deposed the president, João Goulart, Rubens uh, gave a heated five-minute speech on the national radio. It was actually a broadcasting station that was that had that name, the national radio, where he criticized the governor of São Paulo, Ademar de Barros, who supported the 1964 coup. He also urged workers and students to stand up and question the legality of it all, because the, <laughs> was it legal? Like, it couldn't be, right? Because of his involvement with the Parliamentary Inquiry Commission, on April 10th, his nomination was cancelled according to the Constitutional, Constitutional Act Number 1, which was created a day before 
the military overthrew the president. This is like a fucking nightmare, to be honest. Yep. <laughs> no, honestly. <laughs> so. Dude, and to think, pause, to think that uh, we might have a vice president is a military guy soon. Is he? Is. He chose that guy, he chose a general, just so he if he was impeached. Oh, I thought that his... I thought that his vice president was going to be the girl, the woman, no. Janaina Pasquale. Yeah. No, she, Janaina actually said something, I think today, saying that she supports him, but if he um, comes out as being too authoritarian, she doesn't anymore. And I'm like, well, no fucking shit. Like, he has already, like, showed that over and over again, and you had, like, Sorry to burst a bubble, lady. But, yeah, something that was really cool about the election um, this cycle is that most of the vice presidents were women. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Women it was power. a power choice. You go, Brazil. Yeah. I mean, Brazil's ahead of the U.S. because we've already yeah, had a one. woman president. But, but, yeah. And... Anyway. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I was pretty happy with, like, the diversity of it all. We had one candidate that was a lady, but she, al- she always runs and she never wins. That kind of thing. But I, I, I would have actually voted for her if I thought she was a stronger candidate to win, you know? But I was like, I'm going to I feel it. like she, she's she's always on the fence. So yeah. I'm like, but she, she seems what is good. it? Like, she'll say, she'll say one thing now and then, like, contradict herself five mm-hmm. minutes later. I think that she is, like, ever-changing, like, to appease uh, the left-wing beliefs. You know, like, she was once, like, really against abortion, and now she's like, yeah, let's see, we need a debate about it, kind of thing. Sound but... familiar? <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not mad about it. Like, it's better than, you know, saying that um, women, some women don't deserve to be raped by him. Anyways. <laughs> ah. Let me continue with our case oh, please do. before you get stressed out please over do. this again. Yeah, I can't scream today. So after Hubanks uh, had his nomination canceled, he self-exiled to Yugoslavia and then to France. What? Why didn't you go to like Yugoslavia, Argentina, or something? Why did you go that far? Oh, I don't know. Maybe that was the only place he could go. That's true. I don't know. Uh, So nine months later, he went on a trip to Buenos Aires, where he was set to meet with other exiles. João Goulart and Leonel Brizola, mm-hmm. which, fun fact, Leonel Brizola was married to João Goulart's sister. Mm. Ooh, the more you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Political history with me, Stephanie. Yay. Yay. Okay. But during a layover in Rio, he told the flight attendant that he was going to go out and get some cigarettes because people smoked in planes in the 60s. Of course, why wouldn't you? And he got on a different plane to Sao Paulo. His arrival surprised his family, and he told them, I got in Brazil, I am in Brazil, and I'm staying in Brazil. They then moved to Rio de Janeiro, and he got back to work as an engineer, but always keeping in touch with other exiles. So he was like, you know how you see in those, like, spy movies where there's Mm -hmm. always one person talking to all the spies? That was him. So he founded the uh, newspaper Jornal de Debates with editor Fernando Gaspari, and he was also the director of another newspaper called Ultima Order, until this new- newspaper was sold to the owner of Folha de São Paulo, which is like probably the biggest yeah. newspaper in Brazil right now. So to talk o- to talk about the events that led to his death, 
we need to rewind and fast forward and rewind and fast forward because like everything in this story it was one way back in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. but then after the truth commission when the truth came out there was a different version of events mm-hmm. so um so we'll do our best to keep this as clear as possible but even to us it sounded a little confusing mm-hmm. while doing the research so anyway in 1969, after going to Santiago, Chile, to help out Elena Bocaiuva Cunha, who was the daughter of his friend and former congressman, who also had his nomination canceled, and who was implicated in the kidnapping of U.S. Ambassador Char... I almost read this <laughs> in Portuguese. Charles Burke Elbrick, Rubens returned to Brazil. So, mm-hmm. sidebar. I noticed... Um, Again, I don't know a lot about Brazilian history because, mm. you know. But I noticed that a lot of uh, times to protest the government, what militants of the opposition would do is mm-hmm. kidnap um, ambassadors and mm. political figures. So he was going to uh, Chile to help out this woman who was accused of kidnapping yeah. the U.S. ambassador. What I know about this is that, like... I could be completely wrong. You guys didn't do any research about this, is what I'm going to say. But what I remember from, you know, classes or whatever, is that um, they would, the the government would kidnap people that were leading the opposition and people that were, you know, meeting, whatever. And then what happened was um, those groups, they were considered terrorist groups, would um, kidnap public figures and they kidnapped the U.S. congressman or whatever. And uh, to see that their friends and the people that were part of these groups wouldn't be killed and they would um, be safely brought back home. Trade was, them. You know, yeah. to trade it. Which, it was, I think yeah. it was basically the only fucking way that it would have worked. And there's still so many, like, yeah. young lives that were lost in that because they were opposing the military. And it wasn't, I mean... You guys can, like, listen to our um, Navi's Brothers episode and we go into what torture was like and everything. And that is not cool. And we're probably going to get to that um, a little bit later. But, yeah. Also, um, when we get to those parts, if there's any description or anything, we'll put a skip alert if you are um, if you don't have a yeah. stomach for that. Because it's, it's pretty bad, you guys. Yeah, and in this case of this uh, Charles guy, the U.S. Mm-hmm. ambassador, he was traded, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was him, he was traded for 13 um, mm-hmm. rebels. So, um, so yeah, he went there uh, to help her out, then he returned to Brazil. Sometime later, people who were transporting letters from Elena to Rubens were arrested. The agents who made the arrest suspected that Rubens was the point of contact of Adriano, which was an alias used by Carlos mm-hmm. Alberto Muniz, who was a militant of M8, which was um, an organization that supported communist ideology. Mm-hmm. Remember, this is the 60s. Everybody's terrified of yeah. communism. And they also suspected that he was uh, the point of contact of another very, very famous rebel, mm-hmm. Carlos Lamarca, who was at the time the country's most wanted man. So they suspected that he was friends with both of these people. So hoping to arrest Adriano and thus 
get to Lamarca, six men armed with machine guns broke into Rubens' house in Rio on January January 20th, 1971, and told everyone that they were from the Air Force. Rubens' son, Marcelo, who was 11 at the time, saw the whole thing go down. They intended to arrest him, but they didn't have a warrant, so he managed to calm them down and ask them to put their guns down while he got dressed. He was probably wearing like a like a, a muumu or something like yeah completely like a yeah joke. like a white beater <laughs> and boxer shorts yeah yeah so um he got dressed he left wearing a suit and tie because dressing up for torture is the best thing you can do driving his own car oh my god if I'm gonna be tortured I want to be dressed in a gu- like a ball gown like for sure. I mean, I feel like he thought that since he was able to calm them down, was gonna he happen. would just be able to like be interrogated and not get beaten to death. <laughs> but interrogation is a a broad term, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, so he left wearing the suit and driving his own vehicle. The recovery of his car would later on be proof that he had been arrested which was at the time a fact denied by the officials. He was taken to the command barracks of the 3rd Rio Zone and kept with two older women. The three of them were forced to remain uh, with their hands... Oh, three of them, so like him and the women that were... For some reason, I thought Mm -hmm. that when I read it, I was like, yeah, it's, you know, two older women are taking care of him. He's in good hands, but no. <laughs> okay. No, no, they're arrested, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> what, what were they in for? Like, fucking... <laughs> <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> I didn't read this out loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. So, uh, the three of them were forced to remain with their hands in the air. This woman, this woman had gone to Chile to visit their children. No. One of them was Elena's mother, and the other one was uh, the mother of Alminio Afonso. They were arrested upon arriving back in Rio. One of the ladies started feeling ill, so Rubens decided to help her out, which at the time he was hit by an officer and cursed him, which um, resulted with him being beaten until he couldn't get up anymore. Dude. Dude, this is a nightmare. Yeah. So Rubens' wife... Rubens' That sounds so weird. Rubens is... Rubens is... Rubens... Miss Rubens was arrested (laughs) (laughs) on the same day along with um, his 15-year-old daughter, Eliana, and and they were uh, incommunicable for 12 days while Eliana was let go the next day being left at the Sainz Peña Square in Chijuca. Is that right? Sainz? Sainz? So between the day know. of his arrest and the next day, Rubens was transferred to DU, DOI, DOI, the Brazilian, which also is a word for pain. Was that a coincidence? I think not. Yeah. Yeah. The Brazilian Intelligence and Repression Agency doing the military government, where he was once again tortured. On his way there, he complained about his inability to breathe, but arrived conscious at the barracks. Barracks. At the barracks. He was interrogated, and that night, other prisoners heard them beg a guard for water. On the middle of the night, the doctor at the DOI, Almicar Lobo, was called onto the barracks where he found a naked prisoner laying on the floor, 
Again, I'm sorry. That was our time. <laughs> it's getting to get... It's starting to get okay. really hot in here. When it gets hot, like, my reading just decreases. So take off all your clothes. This is not that kind of podcast, Stephanie. Sorry. Okay. I mm. tried, guys. So, <laughs> so uh, the doctor at the DOI, Almecar Lobo, was canceled. He was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I'm gonna do like a, a video of this, like 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 we did with President Trout. <laughs> like it's oh my god, <laughs> I was canceled. Okay, I'm not even gonna look at you so you don't get nervous. <laughs> the doctor at the DOI, Omicar Lobo, was called into the barracks where he found a na- where he found a naked prisoner laid on the floor of a cell at the end of the hall with his eyes closed bruised body and signs of internal bleeding. I have a feeling I know who that is. He advised officers that mm-hmm. they should take the prisoner to a hospital, but the major decided to keep him there. According to Lobo's testimony, Paiva died because of the injuries brought on him by the torture sections. According to officials, um, the official statements at the time, according to official statements at the time, Huben's car was hit by another car and he was attacked by strangers who would have kidnapped him two days after his arrest. Thus, they officially declared him a missing person. Uh, in this version of facts, Hubens was over 200 pounds and had escaped uh, the back seat of the Beetle that took him away through the left door with three, while three militants got out the right door. There had been a shout Now, there had been a shout out and he hid behind a pole. Shoot out. A sh- shoot shout out. out. <laughs> shout out to Ruben. Yeah. <laughs> oh Sorry. Don't laugh. Ugh. This is not funny. So that had been a shootout and he hid behind a pole. He's 200 pounds and he hid behind a pole. Yeah. And he got out of the left door of yeah. a beetle that only has two that doors. Sounds right. That sounds very plausible. Yeah, that yeah, sounds like a very, exactly, very credible exactly. story. The biggest pole in Brazil, right? Probably. Mm-hmm. The thing is like... Mm-hmm. Yep. Three feet wide. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking about like a tiny pole and he's like hiding behind it like, Whoa? No? Get. Yeah. Like, it's not <laughs> like, like circling the pole. It's like they're trying to get him from the other side kind of thing. The, these people, yeah. guys, I swear. So... So, uh, <laughs> there being a shutout, he had pole, and then he ran approximately 82 feet to one of the terrorist vehicles. So, this is the story that the military put out after saying that he was a missing person. That's why oh, I said he was allegedly okay. missing. Um, that's the official story that they put on records for him. To explain, is the family supposed to be like, yeah, yeah? That sounds like my dad. He's hiding behind the pole. He's running eighty-two feet. He got out of a <laughs> two-door beetle in like oh one second yeah, and ran and then away. He ran into a terrorist vehicle. This sounds just like that. Just oh my god! And he just left. Yeah, forever. Classic Ruben. Classic. Yeah. No. So, his wife, Eunice, tried multiple times to have the government investigate the disappearance. She went to the Supreme Military Court and to the Human Rights Mm -hmm. Council, always being blocked by the military's endorsement of the fake disappearance. 
So whenever she tried to like be like, oh, please help me out, they'd be like, no. The official story is that he disappeared. So someday he's just going to show up and be like, honey, mm-hmm. I'm home. I was too that's, busy with terrorism the, to yeah. be with you. So yeah, sure. Yeah. So the whole farce would only be revealed in 2014 after former major Raimundo Ronaldo Campos admitted to the Truth Commission that he had created the disappearance story along with two men that set fire and shot the beetle in which Paiva would have allegedly been rescued so that it would be found like that, like uh, mm-hmm. on fire and shot, and it would corroborate with their official record. In a letter to the Human Rights Council dated in 1971, Eunice, the mm. wife, stated that she believed her husband's torture had began on the same day mm. of his arrest. And he, she was right about this. Um, in 1996, after the missing persons bill was sanctioned under... Pre- I almost <laughs> said it in Portuguese. I'm going to start this again. In 1996, after the missing persons bill was sanctioned under President Fernando Henrique Cardoso, a death certificate was issued for Hubings. His body, however, was never It's found. interesting how the dictatorship has a human rights council. Yeah, right? I know, right? I feel like they did that just so yeah. people would shut the fuck because, up. Because, <laughs> I mean, I have the impression... Because, like, the human rights council then didn't take anybody yeah, of course. seriously. It's like human rights, but it's it's like, well, but this mm-hmm. person isn't human, it's a terrorist. Why would you take him, right, take him seriously? Kind of thing. It, human rights, yeah. you know, for just a a small number of people it's not human rights and yeah just for the law-abiding citizens who just follow blindly Mm -hmm. all of our rules and don't Mm -hmm. question it because if you do question there's gonna be a nice general knocking on your door tomorrow and you might go for a vacation forever so yeah that's great yep so in february 2014 the truth the truth commission reported former Army Lieutenant Antonio Fernando Hugues de Carvalho as being Rubens' killer. Through testimonies, they also found that the reserve's colonel Armando Avolio Filho was present during the interrogation mm-hmm. and torture of Rubens. The former congressman died inside the DOI building over at Barão de Mesquita Street in the Tijuca bairro in Rio de Janeiro. Hugues de Carvalho was already mm. dead by 2014, had been awarded the Peacemaker Medal for his job oppressing the revolutionaries in 1971. If I wasn't having mic problems, I would have screamed, like, the biggest fuck you ever that his podcast has ever seen. Like, oh my god. Yeah, so he, like, he was already dead by the time this whole thing came out, metal. the truth came out. But he won the Peacemaker Medal for his That's work dealing with the revolutionaries. Why? Oh my god. So basically he got a medal for Jesus killing people. Nuh-uh. No bueno. This is horrible. So in March of 2014, yeah. In March of 2014, the newspaper O Global published anonymous testimonies from military officials involved in the case. After being killed in the barracks of the military police, between January 20th and 22nd, Rubens's body was buried in a remote location in the Alto da Boa Vista bairro near the Edson Passes Avenue, which is the same place where his car mm. was found later on. His burnt car was found later on. This operation, the burial, was performed by officers and sergeants of the army. 
Later on, as construction began to take place in to take place in the busy street, they moved his body and buried it in the sand off no. the Recreio dos Bandeirantes beach. They buried him in the beach. But like in an, an another isolated section okay, of the beach. Oh my it god, I'm like, I'm like imagining where everybody like else a group was. of tourists like digging a hole. Like, yeah, let's bury you in the sand and go like, to put oh my god. Wait, wait. <laughs> Just wait for this no. part. Two years later, under order of the military... No. Okay. Restart. Cut that. Two, two years later, under orders of the minister's chamber, the officer in charge of the operation, then military captain Paulo Malhães, who was also involved with the torture, death, and disappearance of other prisoners in the so-called Casa da Morte, which was literally a house used to torture people, commanded a search he commanded so he was involved in torture and killing oh people God. at this house to kill people so he commanded a search party of around 15 military officers wearing civilian clothing who found the bag body of Hubens while acting as tourists <laughs> and digging holes around the beach for two weeks yep yep oh my god can I imagine, like, the other tourists, like... So they were dressed yeah, these like people have tourists. been here for two weeks now, just digging holes. <laughs> digging holes, oh trying to find the body. This is awful. So his remains were transported to the Rio de Janeiro Yacht Club. The Yacht Club. Where they put it in a boat and transported it... Yeah, they put it in a boat and transported it into, like, a section of the ocean where the current was mm. very, very strong and dumped him there. Oh, my God. How about yeah. just think of a good, a one Not good me. barrier site and just stick with it so you don't have to go through all this? Yeah. Yep. Well, they weren't smart enough for that, so. They're just the government, so why would you? <sighs> I mean, so in summary, the events that led to the torture and murder of Hubings were as follows. He was first arrested at his house. Check. Then he was interrogated and beaten in the third Arroyo zone. Check transported to the military barracks where he was tortured and killed buried at the Alto da Boa Vista dug up, transported buried at the Ricardo Bandeirantes beach, dug up once again and taken to the yacht the yacht, cl- yacht, yacht club dumped to the and then he was dumped in the ocean all that happened within two years dude so, military officials yeah. that took part in the, in the torture sections and murders occurring in the dictatorship period were protected by an amnesty law. Whew. However, just... Oh yeah, they God. are still, most of them. That It's like the SS um, officers. They are also protected under like an amnesty no, law. Not sure. all of them, but most of them. And it's the same thing in Brazil. Dude. So... So, however, despite all yeah. this, in 2014, the Federal P- Public Ministry decided to formally bring charges against four people involved in Hubins' murder. So, the reformed officers still living were José Antonio Nogueira Pilham, who commanded the DOI facility where Hubins was killed, and Raimundo Ronaldo, du- Raimundo Ronaldo Campos, who admitted to making up the disappearance disappearance story and forging the evidence to support it. 
The two brothers and former sergeants, Chassi and Jurandir Orschendorf, who were involved in the vehicle arson. So on May 26, 2014, the federal courts accepted the charges against the officers. They were accused of triple qualified murder, concealment of his body, criminal association, and fraud. The judge that accepted the charges said that the amnesty law pretty much only covered crimes that were fundamentally necessary according to the institutional acts of the dictatorship. Arguably, no murder is necessary, but let's skip that, right? Okay, so the case was surprise, surprise, mm-hmm. archived, um, but as February 2016, there has been an attempt to reopen it. 2018. I said 2018. <laughs> Didn't I say 2018? You said 2016. You said 2016. Okay, corrections corner. 2018. Okay. <laughs> yep, so, yeah, isn't it fun, guys? Okay. Life in the dictatorship. Amazing, right? I don't think Brazil has ever seen a greater time than the the dictatorship. Look at that, right? Your dad could just go missing and all of a sudden, you don't have that problem in your life anymore. How amazing, right? Honestly, this whole amnesty law thing, I'm sorry, call me heartless, but I don't think it should exist. It shouldn't exist for SS officers. It shouldn't exist for anybody involved Mm -hmm. in a dictatorship. Because you know what? The moment that these people take a job as an mm-hmm. officer in a climate like this, they're just, like, choosing their own privilege yeah. over, like, basic human rights. Like, I would rather kill myself than become, like, a someone that's going to yeah. torture and kill people. I think that there's cases and cases, and if you're really being made to torture people and you really don't have a choice and your life depends on it, that's the thing, you know, if you're telling people while you're, um, if you're letting people know that you're not okay with this, and, you know, if you're, uh, if there's, like, reports at the time saying that you are, you have a soft spot, and you don't have a stomach for certain things, and if you can prove your case, so I'm saying, then it's okay, but, dude, I'm sorry, these, these are not people that have that, you know, these are not people that are even i think regretting what they're doing you know because it's political ideologies it's these people are terrorists these people are terrorists you should kill them and it's just and it's just scary that people still have that kind of thought today you know and literally the only thing that made them terrorists or like enemies of the government is the fact that they disagree with the government which is like the basis of a democracy yeah. is being able to disagree with your government. And so. guys, the candidate that Brazil is going to elect, I'm saying it um, that, that we are going to elect because I really believe that it's already done. You know that there is not much that we can do about it. People are going to elect him. He is not against the dictatorship. He thinks the dictatorship killed um, like he, he thinks that the dictatorship should have killed more people. That it would be more effective, you know. So who knows? Like, it, Brazil might be on the brink of having like censorship right now, as you used to have back in those days, where you know, it's interesting like to think in terms of like America, where you have freedom of speech and stuff in our constitution, which 
We might have that in Brazil, but as today we have we have had freedom of speech for like twenty something years now. Think about that. Yeah, yeah in Brazil. Brazil. I think it's since eighty hmm? five, right? Yeah. Technically, I think it's technically since nineteen eighty five. So it's like a little over a little thirty over years. years. I'm bad at math, so yeah, a little yeah. over thirty years, like. Because that's when the it's... dictatorship ended in 1985. Huh? I think yeah, that's when it ended, ended in 1985. So, yeah, it's scary to have a candidate that think they should have killed more people. And I've talked a little about, about that. I don't remember if I cut it out or not. Um, but I've been to one of the places that they used to torture people in the dictatorship. And they turned it into a museum and stuff. And it's sad guys it's so sad and i really wish wish that brazil doesn't go back to those days and every dude every country guys that guy's gonna remove brazil from the un like that on itself you know like uh yeah so what i was uh what i was telling i think i was telling my sister um, I'm not sure how the system of checks and balances works in Brazil because, again, don't know a lot about um, Brazilian politics. But um, if there is somewhat of a system of checks and balances, even if he is elected, he's not going to be able to keep all his campaign promises, which is what I'm mm -hmm. hoping will yeah. happen. It's sort of like the Cheeto here. There is a system of checks and balances, and he's tried to pass... A bunch of his bullshit little executive actions mm -hmm. and it hasn't happened because he, he just because he's president yeah. doesn't mean that he can do everything now i don't know if like i i honestly don't think today well i don't know if i'm just putting i'm, I'm putting <laughs> a lot of trust in brazil but i don't think today there would be as many people in support of a coup like back in the 60s but i, I know be wrong. That there's people that um so. think that the dictatorship uh the things used to work better and uh it wasn't last year we had the podcast already with the i don't know if we even talked about it here but um earlier this year there was a um how's it called like a strike that the truck drivers did in brazil they yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. they, I don't think we talked yeah, about they it. They parked all their trucks blocking major um, freeways and stuff. And it's not like here that you can just go the other way or whatever. And you no, know, the highway system in Brazil is a little uh, outdated. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very precarious. And uh, there was no gas. It was People were like, the hospitals were starting to get a little desperate because, you know, oxygen was... Um, running low, and it was, I think it was like a good week or so that there was no, yeah, and yeah, then I think so too. Uh, people were calling for the military to like kill the truck drivers and like resume operations because mm -hmm. that's how it, where it works. People were really like serious about it, and I've seen a lot of people like in these recent years that were proponent, that are proponent of. Um, having the military in power of uh, Brazil. I don't know if they think that all the mm -hmm. um, 
death and stuff is all fake news. And it's all made up. Yeah, they, they do. do. Because I was watching, you know, yeah, wow. a lot of people do. Because I was watching, it wasn't even, remember how, I think I told you that I saw like a video, um, which was like a, a clip from a documentary mm-hmm. about the dictatorship period in Brazil, where they talked about how some girl was tortured. I think I told you about this because I wanted us to cover her mm. murder in this, but I can't find, I literally cannot find the whole documentary mm. anywhere. So, like, they posted the video on Facebook and people were commenting like, oh, this is <laughs> fake news or, oh, she only died because she was a, tor- uh, a terrorist. A terrorist. Yes, her so, fault. I feel like people either don't believe, it's sort of like people that deny the Holocaust. They either don't believe that it happened, or they believe that it happened to bad people. <laughs> or that it wasn't as big as... Which, bad is very relative, because, you know, you could be good today and be bad tomorrow, depending yeah. on what you say That's about the government. The thing, so. though, if the, the state can just have some arbitrary decision that says so-and-so is a terrorist, and that guy is gonna have a whole group of people declared as terrorists... People that are, the MST, yep. it's gonna be a uh, a terrorist group if he gets into office. I honestly don't really get MST. Like, what's the purpose of them? I feel like they just like invade people's yeah. farms and they just sit there. The forever. thing is, I um I think I've mentioned it before, but I was um uh, a school I used to go to was very um a hippie kind of school and we they actually took us students to a MST like protest and uh, I mean we it was kind of like they took us to the like downtown Sao Paulo and the protest was there we just hung out a little bit in the protest and then a little after that mm-hmm. um, we went to one of the settlements that they have it was not like a new settlement it was like something mm-hmm. that they were there for I think it was at least like 20 years it was like one of the early ones and i've seen like people um talk about the importance of land and whatever and one thing you need to understand about the msd i'm not saying you steph but you know you people in general uh is that there's people in brazil that get um stripped of their land and stuff like farmers family farmers and stuff and that is very violent. They get killed. There's indigenous people that get stripped of their land to this day. And I really want to cover one of, one of those cases, like of a whole family that was um, stripped of... Like, they were really attacked, like, in the middle of the night. Was it by by MSD? No, not by MSD. Like, uh, like a small family that was not by MSD, by, like, big, big farm people. Like, big farm of a big farm people that want their land to be annexed to theirs kind of thing. So it's like there's oh. regular people that get um, their land stripped and then they become landless. So they join mm-hmm. MST, right? So what MST does is uh, they seek land that's not being used. So it's not like, you know, if you have a farm and you're planting coffee or whatever... MSD is not gonna like show up and um, like rob you, like just settle there and it is mine now. Like it's not like that. Uh, that anyone could be, um, it, it could happen to anyone. Like it's not like that. It's like if you have, um, if your land is like 
I think it's like irregular in any way. Like if you um, cricketed it, you know what that means. Like if you, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like if there's people that they what they do is they get like a, a document of like, they basically forge a document by putting it like in a box with like crickets and stuff to make you look older, to make you look like you've had this in your family since the 1800s kind of thing. So they look for people that aren't mm-hmm. um, doing illegal things or not doing anything with their land at all. If they have like like a ridiculous amount of land that's not being used, they um, settle on their land and they acquire it. I'm not sure exactly how, but um, they like they occupy their land and they divide it into like families and the families can use like their I don't know half an acre of land to like plant stuff for them to eat and this is like guys this is like dirt poor people it's like really really poor people they're basically homeless on the city because they don't have anything yeah because they're farmers and they don't have anything to plant because land is this really scarce um it's a really scarce resource something so like this actually happened to my family it wasn't it's not mst it's just like some random mm-hmm. people have occupied some land that mm-hmm. my grandmother owns she Squatters. inherited and they just won't leave. no yeah that happens too they just won't leave and i think if i'm not mistaken um there's something that like after they're there for like a certain amount of years the land becomes legally yeah. theirs so that sucks so that's uh yeah, so that happened to my Yeah, grandma. I don't know if I agree fully with their policies. Because I think that you should be able to own land. And if you want to not do anything about it, you should be able to. But it's also hard when you have people that literally don't know to do anything else but farm. And it's people that are like, dude, they're really, really poor. And it's like, even then, they're like, you can't, they can't buy land. You know, so I also think that there should be something for those people. I don't know if getting other people in it's necessarily a good decision for yeah. them. No, I don't think but so. But what else? You know? I don't think it's a good, like, I feel like the government should help them in some way, but they shouldn't yeah. go and occupy, like, my land because yeah. I have nothing to yeah. do with your problems. I know that. You know what we, I mean? We, I have, we, I know. My family has land in Brazil. My dad's, like, terrified that MSG is going to occupy it. And I'm like, well, they're not because it's like hills. We have like a mountain. And it's like, what are they going to plant there? Like bamboo like and eat it? Like yeah. what's... So I think it's part of the reason that he's voting for that um, guy. So anyways, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. And you can't really talk about politics and stuff with family without getting kicked out of the house. So I'm kind of... <laughs> right i don't know okay yeah i don't know i just don't like i don't like hypocrisy and i don't like people like talking Mm -hmm. out of their asses which is what most people do yeah that people like to vote for that guy because it's like a conservative you know for morals and good um how to call it like morals and it's not good taste it's like good People want to vote for him, but then they want to talk crap yeah. about Trump. Or they want to vote for him and then be like, well, but if I was American, I would support Trump. Then get the fuck out of here. You support Trump? Mm-hmm. Stop breaking the laws of his country. Go back to yeah. your country. And break the laws the in fuck? Brazil where you cannot <laughs> like, be held accountable. Like, yeah. You can be held accountable here. So, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty easy to support Trump while he doesn't, well, 
immigration mm-hmm. knows everybody exists, but like it's pretty easy to support Trump while immigration's not on your ass. Because the minute they catch you and send you to the ICE mm-hmm. facility, you're gonna be like, "Oh my God, Trump is the devil." But then if you don't, you don't catch you, and then you just all of a sudden become legal, and you're like, "Yeah, them illegal immigrants that come over here, they should have done it the right way." And it's like, "Well, weren't you illegal immigrant?" Like uh, illegal immigrants. Yeah, didn't you overstay your visa? Yeah. I th- th- that's the, oh my, my favorite thing about yeah. Brazilians. They'll be like, "Well, I'm not like other illegals." First of all, <laughs> illegal is not even the right word. But anyway, yeah. not even gonna correct the dumbasses on that. But they'll be like, "I'm not like other illegals. I had a visa when I came here. I didn't come through Mexico. Guess what? Immigration doesn't give two fucks about that. Oh you God. overstayed your yeah. little visa." You're undocumented just as much as someone that it's crossed like, the border. You, you so you're not better than you anybody. You're in a fucking six months tourist visa and just like overstayed it. Like, you're not supposed to. Not even student visas. They do you're not, not supposed to overstay it because it's not an immigration visa. Like, guess what? And yeah, it sucks. And then what sucks too is that they catch your ass. You're gonna get you're gonna get sent to the same cell where the person yes. that crossed the border yes. is. So like. You're not going to mm-hmm. a special place because you mm-hmm. came in with a visa and overseas. It bothers it. me so much when people like make jokes about coming here with an M1 visa. Like, yeah, these people came here with an M1 visa. You know what I'm saying? It's like, fuck. M1, guys, by the way, it's a uh, Mexico one because it crossed the border. Ever see everything that joke? Yeah. Mm. I get pissed because it's no. like. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, yeah, no, like. like when I worked as a paralegal, I would have people, like, Brazilian <laughs> people, tell me, well, no, I came here the right oh. way because I got a visa. No, sweetie, you didn't. Because you know what? If you had moved here the right way, you would have gotten yes. here with a green card, yes. not with a little touristy visa. Yeah. You're just as wrong as everybody mm-hmm. else, honey. It's what I say. I always say this, okay? Coming to the United States, it's easy. The easiest thing to come here. It's hard to stay because it's, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I really want to do like a whole. I mean, a whole episode on like how hard it is to immigrate to this country, guys. Because if you don't research about it, if you don't like live it, you have little, like little to no idea on how tough it is and i'm still going through all this process so i don't want to really talk too much shit about it just in case there's any um officials listening to this podcast what up you guys i love america you know but yeah uh, do you think they listen to this podcast um i don't know yeah i, I, I really want to know if there's any kind of immigration officials that were like any intern that was made to listen to like 17 hours of me rambling that would be like amazing right yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, I think they have better things to do. Yeah. <sighs> so, what are we going to talk about to lighten up this podcast before we leave? Because the um, world is sucking. Oh, I got a new tattoo. Got, yeah, she got a new tattoo, you guys. Go like my tattoo on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Of course, a lot of my jackass friends are like, saying shit about my tattoo because you know what people are stupid but it's inspired by faith Mm -hmm. no more which is a great band if you ask me Mm -hmm. and um you should get a new kids on the block it's the first non 
<laughs> Shut up. Oh, my God. She's just saying that because Jordan from New Kids on the Block follows me on my personal Instagram, guys. He's been following me for, like, four years. Maybe he wants me to be on their new music video, Definitely. okay? Please do that because then we can plug the podcast and you can get people to listen to this. Yeah, I'm going to wear a shirt that says Suspiria. Yeah. And then you're going to think it's the moon. On the new music yeah. video. Yeah. Then they're going to be like, what is that? But like, nothing. That's nothing. Nothing. Yeah, so I got a new tattoo. It's the first tattoo that I have that isn't script. Do you have any tattoos? Yeah, I don't. Oh, I, I was going to say, show me your tattoo. I almost got a tattoo like seven times in my life. I really want to get one, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I really almost got it, but then the guy was like, yeah, it's going to be a $1,000. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. And I just didn't get it. And I was like, kind of, I mean, I know I have to pay good money to have a good, a pretty tattoo, but it was like this big. And I was like, I don't really don't understand why it would be that much money. And I'm sure there's going to be some... Tattoo artist gonna explain get, can explain all of this to me, but it was really really uh, overpriced. I felt like it was overpriced, so I was like, yeah, no, no. My first one was mm. this one here, and it was seventy five bucks. No, that's not bad. It was gonna be like about this big, so that's why I'm like a thousand dollars is just not. That's like, like the, and it wasn't. Like, but that's like the shop minimum for this shop. But yeah, I'm gonna do like a. Uh, Bird, it's a bird that we don't have here in America, Jonjibahu. You know, yeah, that he's. I mean, the bird is like regular looking, so it's not like a crazy bird, like a toucan or something. It's like a regular looking bird, like, and the bird it kind of like builds their own house. It's not like a nest. It's like a a a house, like a little. It looks like a a ball of, like, mud that, like, solidifies. Mm -hmm. And it's a house. It's a house, you guys. The bird builds a house. And uh, my mom used to, like, say, like, because we had a country house that had, like, a bunch of those birds. And those houses were, like, everywhere. And she would say that, like, every time we travel, the bird would, like, follow us on our trips. And she would make, like, fun, like, stories and stuff. She would tell all that. And uh, after I moved here to the U.S., I was like, no, I need to tattoo that bird, like, squatting on top of, like, a suitcase. And that's, like, me because I'm, like, moving all around and, mm-hmm. like, building my house and whatever. So it was, like, really cool. And I'm, I still want to tattoo that. But I don't want to pay a thousand bucks for it. That's the whole thing. So, yeah. So just go to a local mm-hmm. shop. Not, like, yeah. a, in a tourist area. Yeah. Go to a local like, but a known mm. shop, not no, just, like, some not. random shop. Guys, there's, like, Orla- Orlando sucks. Like, the tattoo shops that I see, like, around, they just look so fucking shitty. Like, it's awful. It's, like, the touristy tattoos, it's bad. Yeah. So, I really want to do some research as, like, because I, I want you to look good. Like, I don't I don't want to, like, just get a tattoo that has, like, a sentimental, um, uh, a sentimental, like, value to me and then have it not look good you know what i mean so i mm-hmm. want to do some research and get like the best price point for a good work you know what i mean like i because i don't want to i don't want to pay like 200 dollars and have it be like awful you know what i mean but yeah yeah i mean i've, I've gotten lucky so far with my tattoos because um even the local shop I went to, mm-hmm. they're not, like, super famous. But they've done a good job 
um, in the two tattoos that I got from them. And then my other one is from a, mm. like a really famous shop here in Boston. And it was like $200. And the one that mm. I got now, it's from, um, she's like a known artist, mm. but she tattoos in like a shop that's like farther away. So it wasn't too expensive. Mm-hmm. It was actually less yeah. than two hundred dollars. No, it looks really good in tattoo, like the detail yeah. work. Yeah, it's really the cool. The new one, yeah. So yeah. And I wish I was a guy, cause then I would have mm, so many I would, tattoos. Like, my, like, like whole I arm, am like... crazy about tattoos. Yeah, I'm like mm. obsessed with tattoos. I really want to get a leg sleeve. Um, I want to get my whole mm. leg done, but I'll probably only do that when I'm like forty. When I'm, like, established and yeah. I have a house and whatever. Because I don't... Whether we like it or not, it's already difficult for women to attain, like, mm-hmm. high positions in, like, the corporate world. Let alone a woman with a whole leg sleeve. So... Yeah. yeah so, I don't want I don't want my tattoos mm-hmm. to stop me from shining. Ooh. Maybe she just do, like, a, a tattoo, like, your whole body. But that could be covered by yeah. like a pinsuit, and you're done. You know, yeah, you're done. Well, but pinsuits are hot yeah. as hell in the summer. So all my tattoos can be covered so far, except mm-hmm. my wrist one. But most people don't notice yeah, this, I, like, yeah, at all. So, I didn't notice until like last week. So yeah, yeah. So most people, like, I've talked to people for like months and then i had to actually show them and they're like oh okay cool yeah so but i'm already ready for Mm -hmm. the next one i really want to get this picture of my mom tattooed on my leg she's not happy about it because my mom does Mm -hmm. not like tattoos guys my mom is your typical you're listening to this mom (laughs) so you know this is true my mom is your stereotypical latina mom who thinks tattoos are for bad people I think she only came around to accepting tattoos after I got my second one because now she can't say anything because her daughter has tattoos. So mm. what is she mm. going to say? Hmm? But my dad still doesn't know about my tattoos. Mm. I don't wear shorts around him. He didn't see your wrist tattoo? like Yeah, in the summer. He oh. saw like a glimpse of it and he was like, what is that? And I just changed the subject. <laughs> what so is that? It's, it's it dirt. It's fine. Sharpies. Yeah, it's just Sharpie. Yeah. So, yeah, I told my mom for a year and a half that this was Hannah. <laughs> Hannah. So. For a year and a half? Yeah, wow. and like a year and a half. And I woke up one day. She was like caressing my tattoo. She was like, are you sure this is Hannah? Because it feels Dude, you weird. totally should why is it like lumpy? totally should have like played it <laughs> off like well the lady told me it was hannah but it was made with needles you think it is hannah i've never seen hannah made with needles like play it off like that well i didn't admit oh. to it and then she was like oh you betrayed me you got a tattoo blah 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 she thinks that i got this when i was a minor but i got this mm-hmm. after i turned 18 like the minute i turned 18 i got this done so <sighs> Guys, it's gonna seem really tacky, but I wanna, like, I wish I had like the courage to do like a matching tattoo with Matt, but I'm just not gonna do that, you know. I'm I am very not, glad you but don't I'm, like, have the courage to do that because no, I, I would want it so bad. You. But I'm, I'm like, you should not do this. You should not, you know, like the little angel and the little devil. Like, I'm not 
I am not no. gonna do it. But like I wanted to do because we do like you know the uh, ASL sign for like I love you. I want to tattoo that like the little hand, you know, like his hand doing that, and he tattoos my hand doing that. But I'm not gonna do that. As tacky Don't. as it is, I'm not gonna do that, guys. Did you see the matching tattoo Joe Jonas got with no. Sophie Turner? Yeah, they got to infinity and oh, beyond. Fuck them. This is awful. So this one of them, my idea. One of them, uh, jo- I think, I think Joe's says to infinity, and hers says and beyond. Wow. Yeah. So I'm like, wow. you guys just met. I mean, they're married. I'm right? getting matching tattoos with my sisters, but no, they're engaged. I mean, I'm getting matching tattoos with my sisters, but that's different because, yeah. like. My sisters are gonna be my Unless sisters. Unless you guys forever, like have a really you know? bad fight and you don't like, talk for like years and then all of a sudden you have tattoos and like Angela in the office, I haven't talked to my sister <laughs> in sixteen years. And I don't even remember what we fought about. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> no, but like I have my nephew's initial here mm-hmm. on my wrist. But it's different because he's gonna yeah. be my nephew forever. Yeah, it's cute. You know? But, I don't know. I don't think I would get it with... Unless it was, like, like my boss at my new job. He just got married. Mm-hmm. And him and his wife got matching tattoos. But it was, like, a tattoo that both of them wanted uh, to get before they okay. met each other. So he drew it. And they have the same tattoo. Matched. But they both always wanted to have mm-hmm. a wave tattooed okay. so i wanted to get a wave got. tattoo like because of a uh, song but i was like i don't like the beach and it's gonna give the wrong impression on people they're gonna be like why do you have a wave tattoo if you hate the beach you know so hey i have i have a wave inside mm-hmm. a mouth yeah i'm gonna get um, the wave but, because of that no, song because it says life comes in waves and that's like my life, yeah. Uh, little, uh-huh, little, little sentence, right? So uh, yeah, life. It's like life comes in waves, just like the sea, and it's like, like speaks to me like really deep, and it's like, I can't get waves, you know, because it's waves. I hate, I hate the sea, you know what I mean? So maybe I should get it. Maybe you get like a modified wave, the one like the one he my, cause mine is like an mm-hmm. actual ocean wave. But the one he got, it's literally like a line. So it looks super cool. Because it's like very artsy. It's a wave, but it's like one line. It's all drawn in one uh-huh. line. You know? Yeah, so it doesn't look like super ocean But it's a wave. But like, you can tell that it's a wave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can tell that it's a wave. But it's not like, ooh, yeah. the ocean. It's mm-hmm. a wave. It's one line. One of those fine line tattoos. This just became a tattoo podcast, guys. Yeah, welcome to the tattoo corner. Anyway, let's wrap this up because I gotta pee and I gotta make dinner. You guys, I think it's so funny how, like, some people, women, (laughs) white women, will be like, well, I don't even know how to cook. Yada, yada, yada. I'm like, oh, do you want a cookie? Because you don't know how to cook. Like, I feel like every single house hunters, whatever mm-hmm. type of video I see, the woman's like, 
Well, he obviously cooks because I don't know how to cook. Who the fuck cares? How does that affect your ability to buy a house? Yeah. As long as it has a fucking kitchen, I don't care who cooks. Like, Yeah, like, I, I'm just looking for your for you to show me the house. I don't care about I, your I personal life. I personally can't stand house like, hunters. I love house hunters. I want to be on house hunters. No. Or I want to be on diners, mm. drivings, and dives. There was a Brazilian yes. restaurant here in Orlando that was on diners, drivings, and dives. Yeah, Miss Potato. Really? I want Guy Fieri mm. to hire me as his personal assistant. Miss? So I can just go around. Because if, you, if you're from Orlando, go visit Miss Potato. We don't have any discounts or anything over there, but Miss Potato is a really good restaurant. They sell pastel for like two fifty. Like. Like the pastel, mm. like the best. I need to go to your house. Just get the get the oh, guest have, room yeah. ready for me. It's ready, and <laughs> I'll be I'll be coming over. Yeah, and I will see you soon, guys. No, for real, I want to go there, but I'm like inviting I... myself to your house. But yeah, I just need money. The money and vacation time. I have to go to New York next weekend, guys. Yeah. So notice how she's saying I have to go to New so York. So happy to it, go to New yeah. York. Such a chore. So, oh my god. <laughs> so happy to go there. Yep. Okay, I need. Ooh, I, I'm okay. gonna pee my pants. Yeah, so. we need to finish, I guys. We hope um, you enjoyed this um, rambly political, barely an episode episode. Um, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it next week already? That's gonna be Halloween. I don't know the calendar. I don't know calendars. Is it? We're having yeah, some uh, You guys can guys. already start to be excited for our Halloween special. We're gonna be um, having a special. I'm not gonna say a special person, a very special person, and maybe guests on the episode. It's we're building it up. We're building it up because it's gonna be good. And we're very, yes. very, very excited yes. for the Halloween episode. So, yeah. Um, if you like this yep. podcast, which this is episode 19, right? Like, I really, really, really. Ooh! Oh and next week's episode, guys, <gasps> is a big, big, big heavy hitter. Oh, my God, guys. Yeah, that's true. I had forgotten about it. It's a, a giant hitter. So. Yeah. Try to guess what it is and tell us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to be the wrong. The giant case. Because it's not the biggest case, but it's one of the big ones. And we, yeah, yeah we were like, we've been like saving that one to do on the 20th because it's a milestone episode. So, yep. yeah. Do any, and you guys, I feel bad for having that many um, Brazilian stories back to back. But I already told you guys all about how we feel about covering other countries without people from those countries so if you like this podcast maybe um consider being a guest here and you can talk about um stories from your your um, country country as yeah. long as it is Latin america because this is a Latin american podcast anyways um if you like us you can write us a review on itunes please do it's really really easy uh you don't have to like say you know a whole text about us you can just put five stars and you know press W on your um, comment box and that's your review, just a W. That's fine with us as long as you're um, giving us a 5 star. We are on every social media but Snapchat. Uh, you can follow us, Suspiria Podcast, on Twitter, 
on Facebook, yes. on Instagram, especially Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have uh, two person. No, we have three actually. Instagrams, one for each one of us: Suspiria Carol and e- EU dot Steph, uh, and Suspiria Podcast. You can follow us on the three um, accounts that we have. We're always posting something. We post pictures of every case. Uh, no, not pictures of, like, crime scenes or anything. We don't make you look at any of that. Uh, we post pictures of the people and what they looked like and the city sometimes and things that we just yeah. mentioned throughout the episode. Last week, I mentioned um, that I was going to post a video that the serial killer, Georgie, directed, like, a movie. And guess what? I fucking posted it. I, um, had a hard time doing the... I had a hard time doing those, um, subtitles. But I still did it for you guys. And I even added a little bit of my commentary in there. And I posted that on Suspiria, the Instagram. And, dude, I posted, like, so many things. I posted a picture of Isabel singing on mine. We're posting, like, the things all over the place, all over the week. You get to, um, if you follow us on any of the social medias... You get to find out um, what the episode's going to be about on Wednesdays, like, before we post it, like, in the afternoon. Not Wednesdays. No, I usually do it on Tuesdays, actually. Yeah. Tuesday, you're going to find... Yeah. You would usually get have a hint or uh, the name of the case with a picture and whatever, mm-hmm. so you guys can already kind of get excited about it, the episode. So... Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's worth it to follow us. We don't spam too much, you know, so. We don't follow people for followbacks, so. I wouldn't say that because I do that on Twitter, but, you know, it's because, like, no (laughs) listeners follow us on Twitter. So, yes. Sorry, but Twitter. No, no, I was talking about Instagram, not Twitter. Instagram, okay. Twitter is different, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, Instagram. It's it's just us content. You can talk to us uh, if you comment. We're gonna reply. It's an easy way to reach us. You can talk to us too, guys. You know, in our survey that we did um, last episode is still up. Yeah, yeah it's still up. Is so we'll answer the survey. Mm-hmm. Please go answer the survey. Uh, you're probably gonna be there like independently if you um, want to help us out. Uh, improving the podcast uh, because we are amateurs at this. We really don't know what we're doing. We're just, I mean, I like to think that we're doing pretty well at this point. We're doing pretty yeah. well. But um, if you have any kind of constructive criticism that you can give us uh, that would make this the quality of this podcast a little better, um, you don't hesitate to tell us. It's anonymous. You You can, you know, just tell us there on our survey it's short it's not gonna take you any time so everybody <laughs> thank you for listening to this podcast and we hope you enjoyed it and mm-hmm. try to guess the next episode please do and yes and be yeah. ready for a halloween special please okay? be do okay. ciao ciao